Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm excited to share with you episode number 89 of our podcast. And today you're going to hear from Coach Tommy Pointer. Coach Pointer is currently the offensive coordinator at Denton High School in Denton, Texas, which is north of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's married to Emily. They have two kids. But most of all, he's just an incredible man of God, loves the Lord, loves investing in young people, viewing life as ministry, living life to point people to Jesus. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Tommy. Well, thanks for having me. You bet. Appreciate it. So I always like to start these off with some background info. So if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and sure. uh, where you grew up, your family growing up, a little bit about your family today. Okay, well, I, I grew up in Irving, Texas, and went to Irving MacArthur High School. And so I graduated from there in, in 2004. And then coming out of high school, I was not very heavily recruited. So um, I had some opportunities to go play at some places like Navy and Cornell. Um, had, had good grades, but what some things had happened with my family and it needed to be needed to be home in the DFW area and so I ended up walking on at SMU and earned a full scholarship after a year of playing and ended up starting maybe nine or ten games and and playing in a, a lot more of those and loved my loved my experience there and um, actually was discipled there and um laid my life down for the Lord actually my fourth year um, while playing ball there just got got tired of being the big man on campus and just needed to needed to surrender my life over and, and did that did that there and then met my wife literally the next morning um, we were at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes retreat on Lake Travis in, in Marble Falls um, and and so that was just a really really special time for for me um were my my five years playing at smu and then actually was able to go back as a ga a few years later um my family still lives in Irving. my wife's family still lives in frisco and so we're 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 dfw originally and and this is this is home for us and love it here did your wife go to smu as well no my wife is actually an aggie Uh oh and she's a she's a swimmer and diver and so, you know, any any athleticism related to our kids does not come from me. It definitely comes from her. She is she is a great athlete. But what what attracted me uh, to her was her love for Jesus, and she can sing too. That's that's the other thing I love about her. Very so, awesome. Very special. So you talked about um, your spiritual journey starting at F, uh, at SMU through FCA, and also becoming a graduate assistant. So at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue coaching? And then I know it started at SMU, but kind of give us a glimpse of where all you've coached. I actually went to school to be an accountant. Oh, wow. And have my bachelor's and my master's in accounting. And so was was on the track to become a CPA. But literally the last month of my time at SMU, I just was not happy. And couldn't really stand what I was doing, didn't really enjoy it. Had already gone through an internship, actually had a job lined up with a wow. big four accounting firm and um, just made the decision that I wanted to coach football and really felt like it was it was the Lord calling me mm. and, and, and really reaffirming me and reassuring me of some things that were true and just saying, telling me, hey, you're, you're living for me now. Why not? Why not do what I've created you to do? Mm. Why not do what I know you're passionate about doing? 
and I remember actually my my apartment in Uptown um, was what was driven to my knees just because of how upset I was, um, but but knew that that God was just revealing Himself to me in that moment, um, and so I got alternately certified, and there was a teaching job for me at Irving MacArthur, so I went back to my my alma mater, which is always special. Um, go Cards, you know, yeah. I, love, I love the Cardinals and. Uh, Brian Basil was the head coach and um, gave me a one-sport coaching spot, helping out with the offensive line. And so football was my only sport. It was wow. a really special opportunity. Um, I don't think they do that sort of thing anymore. It was just really an after-school duty. Um, and so I was at MacArthur for a year and then went to Frisco Lone Star with Jeff Rayburn. Um, Phil Fuller was the head coach at the time and then left Lone Star to go to Mansfield Legacy with Chris Melson who's a very dear friend of mine. And then I was going to stay at Legacy, but um, was actually presented with one GA job at Rice for, through my old offensive line coach at SMU under Coach Bennett, Ronnie Van Clark. And he offered me the GA spot, but my wife had just started nursing school in Dallas, and I just decided that it would not be wise in our marriage. Mm-hmm. We had just been married a year. My wife had just actually been cured of cancer like cancer free um and and so we just didn't think it was a good place for us to be doing that and so i actually went back to chris and said hey i'm gonna stay but then two weeks later june jones sends me an email and says hey why don't you come be a ga at smu and that was just very difficult for me to turn down and so i went back to smu as a graduate assistant earned my master's in education we got to go to the hawaii bowl and won the Hawaii Bowl, which very is a very, very special time for my wife and I, being without kids and being able to have a week's paid vacation in Hawaii that we earned. She got to do the vacation part. I yeah, I was going to say, you didn't have much of a vacation. I had, to, I had to work, but the the win in that game just made it so much more special. Absolutely. Um, and so then from SMU, I went to Jackson State and was the offensive line coach there at a, at a SWAC school and wonderful experience really enjoyed it Harold Jackson was our head coach the old Philadelphia Eagle um, Timmy Chang was the offensive coordinator so was was under some really good names in college football and professional football And but my wife my wife got pregnant with our son Colt and after after a few months of you know her being pregnant and then Colt was born I actually left after a game we played Southern in Jackson and drove overnight to see Colt be born in the mm. hospital and then Went back to work after a couple of days of being in the hospital with them over Thanksgiving break, um, but just felt God tugging on my heart again, saying, "Hey, you know, I, I made you to be a dad and mm. a husband before a football coach." Um, wow! And, and so felt God pulling on my heartstrings again, and decided to decided to follow that lead and that call to to come back in high school coaching. So I went went and got hired mid year at Lucas Lovejoy, I was the offensive line coach there. We. Um, won a couple playoff games. Actually, won a playoff game there um, in Cowboys Stadium. So that was another, you know, highlight in the in the worldly worldly mind frame of winning football games. Um, but then began a series of of some moves from Lovejoy to Marcus, from Marcus to Louisville, from Louisville to Sanger, and now Sanger to Denton. So I've, I've been a lot of places in a short amount of time. Um, but but I love I love what I'm doing because I I really feel like it's been a calling. Um, to be a be a coach. So, what's your role at Denton High School now? I'm the offensive coordinator at Denton High School. So, talk about 
Uhum, we have a lot of listeners outside of Texas, and I, I like to ask this question because some people um, don't always understand the magnitude of high school football in Texas. So, yeah. and of all those moves, talk about and even a dent in any pressures associated with coaching high, high school football here in Texas, because it arguably is like coaching small college, right? Yes, it is. And in fact, there's a lot of people who will tell you that being a high school coach in Texas is is actually a better job salary speaking than the 90% of the college jobs in America. Wow. Um, you know, but there is also a lot of pressure that comes with it because it is, it, it, I mean, people will say it's it's like religion, and it is. Um, and, and that pressure that comes with that, people finding so much life in, in football um, comes with a lot of pressure to win. And, and so if you don't, if you don't meet those expectations, those worldly worldly expectations of winning, um, then you can you can find yourself looking for a, for a job. And in 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 a lot of those, actually in a few of those stops, some of those are related to not winning mm-hmm. um, or a head coach leaving or resigning or getting fired. Um, so I've been through that, and and that's that's tough to do. Um, always always tough to face that, you know, and telling your family, hey, got to figure out where our next stop is and. But my wife has championed all of that, and just a testament and credit to her, and and, and I love her more than anything in this world, um, and she's just done a great job of, of saying, all right, here we go, let's let's pull pull everything up by our bootstraps and let's get going. Um, thankfully, though, uh, in the last few schools we've been in, I haven't had to move houses, and so we've been in our house for going on our fourth year in our home. That's in, awesome in, in Louisville, and so we. We we kind of take pride in that that we haven't had to move homes in a few years, and, and so that you know that that hopefully that kind of paints a little bit of a picture. Does, does that help? With, oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. You know yeah. The, the landscape of high school football in Texas, and you know there's a lot of people who are on the outside looking in, and there's been a lot of college coaches. I think it was actually Gus Malzahn uh, quoted as saying, you know, probably the the hardest thing to do is to get a Texas high school football job. Um, in in Texas, you know, even just an assistant job is hard, mm-hmm. just because of the the fraternity that is Texas high school coaches and the brotherhood that we have, you know, is is really really fantastic. Um, you know, I know coaches from all across the state that that I consider to be friends, um, and a lot of that is through interweaving things with FCA and coaches outreach and other other ministries. And um, but it's just it's really as as big as they big as they say it is out here. And, you know, you touched on that fraternity. I know um, I've gotten a glimpse of that over the last year just through the podcast of interviewing guys from all over the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is because everybody knows each other. Yeah. And then I recently heard from a, a coach um, out in Idaho through the podcast, and, you know, he, he just flat out said, he goes, I, I know this is wrong, but I'm envious mm-hmm. of Texas coaches and mm-hmm. how, how a state that large – and the number of coaches can have such a, a close brotherhood where in a smaller state, they don't have that. Yeah. You know, who's trying to kind of figure out how Texas can do that because mm-hmm. being one of the largest states, how you can have such a close-knit family, if you will. Yes. It is, it is kind of fun um, as a parent to see that too, knowing that, you know, when your kids are in athletics, that yep. it's a lot of good, a lot of good guys, a lot of good women in in, in athletics, and mm-hmm. and there, there's a genuine love for one another. Yes. You know, it's not just a, a job. I know there are people in the profession like that, but right. as a whole, it is that that family. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's good. So, in, in all your coaching, has there been an athlete or two just 
pure athletics mm-hmm. that just stands out to you? I think there's a couple guys uh, that really stand out to me. When I was at Lovejoy, we had a wide receiver named Aaron Fuller, who's now playing at the University of Washington. And Aaron, Aaron came to know Christ while he was in high school, mm-hmm. you know, through through Lovejoy FCA and and some things. And I know he's a believer, but he's a phenomenal athlete. You know, very very dynamic, very explosive slot wide receiver. The University of Washington. I know Chris Peterson and his staff really love Aaron, and and I know he's he's going to have some opportunities to continue to play after college. Um, so if there's one that really sticks out. You know, it, it, it's Aaron. Mm. Um, as far as offensive line wise, on that same team, um, I had a, I had a couple guys that were really good offensive linemen. Um, you know, both of whom are in the same grade as Aaron. So. Uh, Bailey Smith is playing offensive line at Texas Tech right now. Um, you know, and one of his teammates, Bo Beidelman, um, you know, I kind of call him, you know, as a, as a coach, once you start coaching to kind of help some of the listeners understand, you know, you you, you get some guys that are just kind of your, your favorites, you know, kids mm-hmm. you, you always remember. And, and Bo's that kid that, that I always remember um, just because of his, his heart and, and his love for his teammates is really something great. And he and I have a great – you know, player coach relationship. Um, you know, he and I still talk from time to time, and, and I'll, I'll talk with Bailey. You know, every now and then, but but Bo's kind of one that, that that I really really talk to a lot. Um, other guys, you know, Justin Dinka um, from Flower Mound, Marcus. Um, I know he was also at Coppell for a little bit, um, but a running back. You know, it's very dynamic, very explosive. He's going to do a great job at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, he can light up a room. That that kid can light up a room with a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see Justin Dink and him walking in the room and smiling, he just grins from ear to ear, and, and you're just like, man, that's a that, that, that's a great kid. Um, you know, and then also on his team, you know, AJ Wozniak uh, is playing offensive line at San Angelo mm-hmm. State. You know, you always hear a lot about the guys that go play at big places, but AJ's really special because. Angelo really wanted him, and, and AJ probably could have gone and played at some some FCS schools, some one double A's, maybe a Stephen F. Austin or something like that. But he chose Angelo because they chose him. Hmm. Um, and but like when when AJ left, you know he he was pretty big, but you know he came back. You know it's amazing just seeing the transformation of kids after a college offseason. You know he just comes back and is just built like a like like, like a truck. Um, you know, and, and there's some other guys on that team also that are pretty special. Those Marcus kids, um, you know, Luke McBride, who's Mike McBride's son. Um, Mike and I have a like talk about coaching brotherhood. Like, I, I consider Mike to be one of my brothers because mm-hmm. he and I had a great working relationship. We co-coached the offensive line together at Marcus and uh, went to Louisville together. And you know, Mike's an old fighting farmer and Red Raider. And um, but I, I got the privilege to get to coach his son. Um, who's playing at Sagu right now, and, and Luke's another one of those kids who just made a great transformation from high school athlete to college mm-hmm. athlete, and from you know boy to man, um, you know. And so it's it, it's great to have those kids and, and and remember those success stories and and things like that. You know, Louisville, you know, Kevin Anderson, great athlete's going to go to Texas State. Um, you know, so a lot of those kids, you know, and we have a few coming up at Denton that are that are going to be really special, and, and guys, I'll you know, kind of add to that group of kids that you'll just always remember for just being great athletes, and more importantly, just just, just better men. Yeah. So, what about um, maybe a, a, an athlete or two where you've seen um, God 
really work through you in their life? Um, I think we had some guys at Mansfield Legacy. Um, one of them is is Brady Burke. Um, Brady was a quarterback and actually a coach's kid. Um, while I was at Mansfield Legacy, I led the FCA there, and and Brady. Brady was our JV quarterback when, when I was coaching there. And then when I left to go to SMU, you know, I stayed in touch with Brady um, and, and his dad and Chris and that whole staff because that, that, that staff's really special. Um, but uh, special in our hearts. But, you know, Brady ended up going to play receiver at Evangel, a small school, I believe it's in Illinois, and then ended up coming back to serve as a huddle leader with FCA camps. And then. You know, is now doing a lot of work in his church and everything. So it was really interesting to see Brady's Brady's transformation and, and, and conversion, not just into convert, but also into disciple, mm. um, into a guy that just loves Jesus and um, and loves him with all of his heart. And, and there's a lot of other guys. And so, you know, Brady's special because I got to coach him, but then I got to see him grow through college because my wife and I work FCA camp every year. Um, and just getting to see him grow and mature into a, to a godly man um, who's, who's going to be a great, great husband and father um, one day. So you know, Brady, Brady definitely sticks out in my mind. Um, you know, other guys that I've coached that, you know, have had that, that sort of experience. You know, there's some other kids at Mansfield Legacy. K.J. Amos um, is another one. Um, kind of had a, a rocky road through, through high school and junior college, but ended up, Finishing it at SFA as a running back, um, you know, Montreal Jet uh, is another one, a linebacker legacy that um, actually Chris and Judy Melson literally took into their home um, to disciple Montreal, and Montreal ended up going to serve in the Navy. Wow! Um, and and so that and, and that's something I'm probably really proud of too. Is, is several several players that I've coached have gone on to serve in the armed forces, um, a lot of Marines. Um, a lot, a lot of guys in the army, um, you know that you know. I'll talk to them, and actually had one uh, offensive tackle from Legacy, Dakota Franklin, um, came and stayed at my house in Mississippi one night because he needed a place to stay. He was driving overnight to surprise his family because um, wow. he was in training um, in the Marine Corps, and called me one night and said, "Hey, coach, I'm, I'm driving. I'm getting tired. Can can I can I come?" sleep for a little bit and I said sure you know and so he came and and basically crashed for about five or six hours but was up and gone before I got up in the morning. <laughs> um, I guess that's the, the the marine lifestyle but um, it's just you know I'm, I'm I'm probably just as proud if not more proud of, of those guys who, who answer that call to go serve their country that's awesome um, I, yeah. I, I think that's amazing it really especially now yes nowadays you don't hear as many you know, it's not pushed as much, mm-hmm. encouraged as yes. much. That's good. Yes. So I'm going to skip down a couple of questions mm-hmm. from um, the ones I sent you. You've mentioned FCA a couple of times, so you're very involved in FCA, um, in, in both locally, but also in a large camp mm-hmm. down at Texas A&M that yep. just happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, so talk about your role with FCA, and then in today's world, is there any? Do you get any resistance? Yeah. Um, on campus. Okay. Um, so FCA started back for me in high school. Uh, I was involved with the huddle at MacArthur. Um, we had a coach who, who led the huddle, Jeff Tillerson. And he, uh, like, I, I know Coach T prayed for me. 
mm. um, just through high school. You know, just very call it a Holy Spirit feeling or funny feeling. People call it sometimes, and um, it, my faith really didn't take root until that fourth year of college. You know, I, I really lived kind of this double life of being half in the world, half in mm-hmm. ha- half in the Bible, um, but then literally decided to live my life for for Jesus in college. Um, and so then my role with FCA grew. You know, I became a became an FCA leader in college, became the huddle captain of, of the huddle at SMU, which is still still going strong. Um, which, which is also something really cool to see is is that investment in those high schools and those those FCA huddles continuing. Um, and so then you know jumped from being a, a huddle captain at a college to a huddle leader or a counselor at camp. Um, both through DFW FCA's Weekend of Champions and then also eventually through uh, Texas FCA's sports camp at Texas mm-hmm. A&M. And so got, got to experience kind of the council role of things. Um, and then when I stepped into the role as coach, began coaching the camp. In addition to doing, I guess call it some lead counselor stuff, being a leader of the other counselors. Um, and then my wife actually went on staff for a period of time with FCA. So we have a lot of familiarity with the staff side of things too um but then a few years ago carrie timmerman actually uh, asked me if i wanted to be the lead clinician of the sports camp in college station because he was he made some career decisions to be you know head coach and ad and um, traditionally they have an assistant coach be the the lead clinician at camp and that's just kind of the precedent that's been set forth by carrie who's who's awesome and a really good friend of mine that I've known through camp. And, um, you know, just the past several years have led that camp in addition to bringing several of our athletes down to down to camp in College Station. Um, and, and that's just always a blessing to get to see those kids, many of whom never leave their hometowns, get to experience not only a camp but a college campus or um, get to hear the gospel presented to them. Um, you know, and then reading and seeing story after story because we have the kids that, that go. We, we get money raised by donors to cover the cost of camp. And so we have them write a thank you letter in return. And so that mm. thank you letter serves a purpose of not only just thanking a donor but a record of their camp experience. And so, you know, we've had kids that had no idea who Jesus was to kids who, you know, were totally resistant to the gospel to, you know, kids whose parents were drug addicts who finally broke the cycle of, you know, being known as the druggie, you mm. know, um, to, to athletes who had all their identity in being an athlete to now their identities in Jesus. Wow. You know, and, and so just getting to have, to see those changes is great. As far as resistance on campus, um, I think a coach can experience that in a number of ways. You know, within the school day, you know, we can't, preach you know, right. we, can, we, we can't talk about jesus legally you know that's all separation of church and state um but you know we can be discouraged from uh from other teachers or from administrators or you know um maybe even other coaches from from doing you know the god thing people say mm-hmm. sometimes or the the jesus thing or that guy jesus and you know that's that's all trouble that Christ talked about in John that, that we're going to face in this world, um, but he also encourages us to take heart mm. um, because he's overcome the world. And, and, and those are things that are so important for me to remember as a huddle coach 
um, or even just just a coach in my role this year with FCA is gonna be a little different. We, we've got a coach on campus that leads it, Coach Ulrich, who's awesome. He's been doing it for years, um, and so I'm happy, joyful, actually, that that he's gonna be leading the huddle, and so allows me to do some different things like disciple players. Mm-hmm. Um, so really get one on one with with kids and, and walk them through. You know, hey, let's talk about that decision you made at FCA camp. Let's really walk through. Do you really understand what decision you've made? That how Jesus is really the propitiation for your sins, and now you have this thing called the Holy Spirit, which is our guide for the rest of your life until Jesus returns. Um, and, and so, I would not have that opportunity if we didn't have FCA already on FCA already on campus. Right. Um, and so, you know, hopefully that that helps answer that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how many? Attend in total that sports camp at A&M. With all the sports, there's I want to say there's roughly 15 sports. There's about 500 athletes. Wow. Um, it's been as many as six or seven hundred before. Mm-hmm. How many from Denton? How many did y'all send? We took 36 from Denton. Wow. And actually one from Sanger. So 36 That's awesome. total. That's awesome. And just I mean, so listeners know. I mean, I know you guys. You mentioned the fundraising. It's it was. Simple things like the local raising canes donating yes. proceeds from a day, and right. um, I just think that's incredible mm-hmm. um, that even the local community gets behind, sees the value in young mm-hmm. people going to camp. Yes. So, of maybe it's not out of those thirty-six that you know that win, but just from your time at the recent camp, is there a testimony or two that you'd share? That just that I know there's a, probably yeah. hundreds, mm-hmm. but is there one or two that just really? I've stuck got, with you. You know, I, I, nothing goes according to plan when you mm-hmm. do something like that. You know, you throw we threw thirty seven boys on a bus driving it down to College <laughs> Station. You know, so if you think about the possible things that can happen, they were on there with the coach. You know, but if you think about the possible things that can happen, there's there's a lot that can happen, and mm-hmm. there, there's some things that happen. But you know, a lot of the good that happened. You know, for example, I due to some events I had to ride the bus back with the boys and was able to have a conversation with a young man who's always been known as the troublemaker. Mm. And so through that bus ride, through kind of what I what anyone else would see is an unfortunate chain of events, I I heard God saying, There's a reason you're on this bus mm. and it's right now. And so I'm able to talk to this young man about, hey, you don't have to be known any longer as the the mess up kid. Mm-hmm. And as the guy that doesn't seem to be very valuable, mm. you, know, you can change that because God says that you're valuable. You know, you Psalm 139 talking about being fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God knowing your your innermost parts. You know, even before you were a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then our you know on on top of that at camp, you know our our quarterback got saved. Wow. Um, and, and he even wrote in his thank you note things like, um, I'm so thankful for this camp because I was able to get away from, you know, my home life, which isn't very good. Um, wow. You know, I had a lot going on at home, so it was just nice to have a break for three days. Mm. Um, because even as even as a coach, like, I, you know, and even my background, like I've had, had my parents my whole life, you know, never really wanted for anything. But, you know, I never really think about, hey, some of these kids, their lives at home are – are not the brightest places in the world. Um, and then, you know, so he, he's saved. And then, you know, there, there's another young man who, who texts me the night before camp. And so I'm, I'm thinking of the, the 30, 
37 that are coming down. And then all of a sudden I get a text message from, from this young man saying, Hey coach, is there a spot for me at camp? Wow. And, and so I'm just thinking of, okay, well that's another X amount of dollars I've got to raise. That's another, you know, another spot on the bus. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I thought about, but even in that, you know, even in talking to you now, I'm hearing God say, Hey, just be still mm. and let me work with this. And, and so this, this young man signs up for FCA camp the night of camp um, and then comes down to camp, has a great time. You can see it. Like I, I, I'm watching him the entire camp because I just want to see how he, how he right. did. And there was even some coach, there was even, you know, some, some people who, who said, well, he's not going to come. He's not going to show up. He'll, he'll no show you. Um, but he ends up coming down to camp and he's saved. Ah. I got a text message from his huddle leader the night, the last night of camp. You know, hey, did you know such and such? You know, gave his life to the Lord, mm. and and so I go back. So instantly, in my mind, I I feel the Holy Spirit taking me back to the night before camp, where I'm in a panic, and and saying, Do you realize what you would have done if you would have told mm. this young man, No, he can't come to camp. Wow, you, you would have you would have literally quenched the Spirit from drawing him out into a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Um, and so stories like that, like that makes all 37 boys on a bus for four hours back and forth from college station. The, all the little things, you know, that the boys will be boys do, you know, <laughs> going to camp and back. Like I'm not going to get into the details, right. but that kid's story made everything else worth it. That's right. Because I know for a fact that there's at least one name that's written in the book of life that needed to be down there, you know, and also our quarterback and several other several other boys who said, I don't want to be just known because the speaker is Malcolm Marshall, a uh, pastor in Houston. He got up there and said, I want to talk to you about the difference between convert and disciple. Hmm. Now, some of you are going to make a decision to become a follower of Jesus, and that's great. But I want to talk to some of you about how you take the next step to being what the world sees as a disciple someone who is sitting at the feet of Jesus and literally learning from his every word every day. And there were a lot of other, there, there's at least a dozen more who wrote in their, their notes. And I have a record of it saying, I don't want to be just a convert. Mm. I want to be discipled. And so what camp does for, for me and for my wife and for FCA staff is it just, it, it just stirred up all these affections for Jesus and, and 37 lives. And so now these 37 boys are now trying to work from many of them are trying not all of them you know many of them are trying to work from convert to disciple or non-believer to convert and so that that's just to me you know and i'm using convert and disciple because those are the terms that are given at camp but just to me like that makes the whole process and to bring things back full circle you know the whole calling of uh, of coaching worth it mm. is is that you know I, I got into coaching just because I had a passion for coaching and I had a passion for football and and God stirred up those affections in my heart when I gave my life over to Him but now I, I'm starting to see how I can take mm, I can take my love for football my love for coaching and use it as a vehicle to literally take kids and put them in front of the cross and say hey. Here's Jesus Christ. This 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 is probably the most important decision you're ever going to make in your life. You know, are you going to follow him or not? Hmm. Because I I'll tell you what's going to happen if you follow him. You can become a tool being used as a vessel, or if you decide not to follow him, you can take your chances and live your life. 
you know, and, and so I just feel like the ones that make that decision, you know, I'm, I'm not going to see the, the return on the investment. You know, I, I've seen return on investment with within about five years of kids that I've coached that have gone and played college and things like that. But as far as return on investment in eternity, you know, I may never hear that until I hear things like, well done, good and faithful servant. Whew. You know, so... Just hearing those couple stories, I mean, that's not even a fraction of what you experienced. It does kind of stir up a, some excitement and affection, yes. and and a different, you know, a, a reminder and perspective that mm-hmm. sometimes I know I do. I I focus on the details. Like I know if I was in your shoes, I would be in, instantly thinking about seats on the bus, money. I'm not thinking about this as a kid going to camp. It's I'm you're thinking details. And, yes. You know, a lot of times, at least and, for me, if and, I just get I, out of the way and let God do His thing, uh, things would go a lot better. Well, well, I even had just just yesterday, uh, our FCA staff rep Corey Largent, who, who helped me out a ton. You know, with with a lot of that, a lot of the resources to go down to camp. Um, he sent me a text yesterday. You know, shooting me some verses, just saying, "Hey, I, I really thought about you here, and and you getting bogged down with everything that." That, that had occurred at camp the the things that you saw as negative like just understand like those are those are just things mm-hmm. like the that, that's a little stuff you know like that, that, that stuff that that shouldn't be considered in the grand scheme of things like does it really matter like that's that, that's just gonna be temporary people are gonna forget about that you know um, focus on what's been made eternal you know and those are those decisions those are those kids it's a good perspective so through all this, you've talked a lot about your wife and, you know, being a husband and a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you balance the demands of a coach? Because, I mean, just just coaching alone is a yeah. it's a big-time commitment. Then you throw in um, you're, you're involved in FCA and a local church. So how do you balance all that with being a, a husband and a dad? There, there's no way I could balance all of it without Jesus. Like it's just my wife and I will even talk about sometimes like how could you be in a business about kids or a profession about kids and try to make it into a business. Mm. Um, and the same thing is true of my family. And you know it's been quoted before that you know you can you can't have a winning record on the field with a losing record at home. Mm. And and that. I believe I heard that at Coaches Outreach. And one of the things that my wife and I make sure to do is we make sure to take time every year to invest in our marriage. Um, and we do that with Coaches Outreach retreats. We, we've gone every year since we've been married. We, we went our first year as newlyweds. We were just married four months. Um, and we've been back every year. We almost didn't go this year. Um, we, we had some other things going on and weren't sure if we could make it. But we, we made it into the retreat the night before the retreat. And looked at it and we're just like what what were we thinking and so you know my advice to, to any coach who's trying to balance all of those things is is make that investment in your marriage um and then the next thing you know to try and balance that is is we've we've made my job our mission as a family hmm. um and and so what that looks like for for our kids is they they come up to work with me um you know and and i want them to be in the field house i mean if you can imagine you know, a, a four-year-old boy, because um, that's how old my son is right now. Like that field house is his playground. I mean, he loves 
jumping on all the pads. He loves walking into the weight room, you know, because it's just, they're just big rooms. I mean, mm -hmm. just think about it in a kid's perspective, spatial reasoning is like, this is just a really cool big room, you know? And and so that's that's a little bit of how my wife and I try to balance, you know, coaching with family. And, you know, when, when we have those times where we can, where we can take a step back and take a break, we take that break. Um, and there, there are other ways that we invest in our marriage. You know, pretty soon is the the Texas coaches, the Texas high school coaches convention, um, and later on, you know, in January is the American Football Coaches Association convention, and those are those are trips for my wife and I, hmm. um, and we take those trips together, and, and we've done that for for several years, and we're planning on doing it again this year. Um, you know, I, I went down to coaching school a few years ago and saw, you know, actually it was Kerry Timmerman, saw him there with his wife. And um, I just thought about that and called my wife that night and I said, I'm, I'm never coming down here without you. Mm. Um, just because it, it's just a great opportunity before everything gets crazy to reset and refocus and have some time to go on a couple dates um, because she knows between August and November – those those dates are hopefully December. You know those dates are going to be very few and far between. You know sparse even. You mm -hmm. know may not even happen right. um, with kids. Um, and then you know on top of that, we we have great family support. Um, like I said, both of our families live in the Metroplex, and so we were able to have our our, our children, you know, taken care of. Um, you know, and game nights are a family affair. Uh, in laws are coming to to take care of. Of kids and take them home at half time, half time when it's time for for bed and um, but you know and and in, in the meantime while they're up there you know I always make an effort to to see them before kickoff you know give my give my son a hug give my daughter a hug um, and give my wife a kiss before kickoff and just let her let let her and the kids know that that I love them and I'm and I'm thinking about them. That's so. good. I think the whole invest in your marriage, whether you're a coach or not, is something that I know I need that constant reminder. Yes. You know, to to keep doing that and especially when you add kids to the mix, it's not always easy. That's a right. that's a good reminder for anybody. So I wanna I mentioned earlier we have coaches and student athletes that listen. So I wanna ask you to offer some advice um, to them. If there's a coach or student athlete that's listening that is a believer that maybe struggling with um, maximizing the platform of athletics mm -hmm. for the kingdom, what advice would you offer them? I guess what I would offer that, that coach or that athlete is who are you getting your wisdom from? Mm. Is, is your wisdom coming from the Bible? Um, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great materials out there and a lot of great resources, but, you know, it's those... It's those 39 and 27 books put together that make the 66 books of the Bible um, that, that I feel like are so important. Like, where where is that wisdom coming from? And then on top of that, you know, who's who who is trying to invest in you? Um, you know, it's it, it said that you know every every Timothy needs a Paul. Um, you know, and then so so if you're so if you're a young person, if you're a student athlete, and 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 you're looking to grow in your walk with Christ. Seek out discipleship. Seek out mentorship. Um, that that was something that was pivotal for me 
and in my identity as a Christian, as a college athlete, was I sought out a discipleship relationship and was actually a coach on staff at SMU who, who walked with me literally for a year. Um, his name is Steve Stegall, and, and he's a fantastic man. Um, and and I, I, I owe a lot to Steve because he's, he saved me from a lot of foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so find yourself a Paul um, if you're a young person. If you're a coach and you're looking to further your walk with Christ, find yourself a Timothy. Um, find yourself that student athlete in it, and, and it's probably not going to be the stud. God, God doesn't always use the studs. He doesn't use always use the stars. He uses the imperfect people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet that that the the young athlete that uh, or athletes that I end up discipling at Denton High are not going to be the star players. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are, praise God. If they're not, praise God, because God's going to use use them equally in their own respects with their gifts and their talents. Um, so if you're a coach, find a Timothy. Um, if you're <clears throat> if you're not looking to you know mentor or disciple or be discipled um, you need to surround yourself with with, with other Christ followers um, you know take a look at Jesus he had 12, 12 dudes that, mm-hmm. that were his dudes one of them one of them decided to make some poor choices um, in Judas but you know he, he had three in his inner circle Peter James and John um, then he had the other he had the other eight on top of that the other nine on top of that and and so really take a look take a step back and and, and list, you know, who am I? Who am I following? Who's who's following me? Who am I? Who am I doing life with? Um, you know, those are those are important challenges and questions. I feel like in the life of any believer, you know, they need to they need to ask themselves. I like that. I'm taking taking lots of notes on that one. Um, I like that. Who am I following, and who is who is following me? I think that's probably a good and, question and, that and all even, of us could ask. And, and even on top of that, um, you know, the, the pastor that, that, that spoke at the FCA college retreat weekend in which I laid my life down for the Lord was a guy named John Randalls, a longtime Texas Tech, you know, Red Raider fan, chaplain. Um, and, and he laid out three things that, that someone needs that if you're a believer, these are things that you know. You know who you are, you know who you serve, and you know where you're going. Mm. And, and his message that weekend is when life squeezes you, what are you oozing? Um, and so really what that, that means is that you know, it's, it's not what goes into a man that's, that's unclean. It's what comes out of the man um, that's deemed unclean. And so the only way for you to, to go back to those questions of you know, who are you following and who's following me, you know, who's, you know, where are you getting that information from? Because whatever comes in isn't going to eventually come out. Um, and especially in our society and our culture today, um, we have to be very careful and very wise about where we're getting our information from as far as what we're learning and what's growing us. That's good. I like that. If you're getting squeezed, what comes oozing out? Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's true. We're all going to yeah. get squeezed somewhere Yes. one day. Um, you may not be getting squeezed today, but it's going to happen. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, Couple questions to close it out. So a lot of people have um, a life verse or favorite scripture. So I was going to ask you if you had one, or maybe one that God's shown you recently um, that you'd share with us. Right now, one one that God recently has placed on my heart is Acts twenty twenty four. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so I may mm. finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so that's, 
that's something relatively new that the Holy Spirit's just placed on my heart of uh, of seeing seeing my race as a joyful race, seeing my life as a joyful life, um, and seeing my life on top of it being a joyful race, it's a ministry, and 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 I took it actually got it from a you know a John Piper devotional. Um, where he even talks about and discusses that, you know, you have your life and you have your ministry. You know, one is ultimately more important than the other, and it's our it's our choice to determine that. And and he comes to the conclusion after explaining and 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 getting into this verse that and unpacking it that that ministry is much more important than life. And and as long as you are alive, you still have ministry work to do. Um, and, and that ministry is, like Paul says, what we've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And, and I'm definitely here to testify that, that God is so good and has been so gracious to me. Um, and, and His mercies are totally unending and new every morning. And, and they're amazing. I mean, just sitting here in our conversation, it's just a reminder that if we make ourselves available and we're obedient, yes. I mean, God's going to use us. Yes, right. Amen. I mean, just hearing the stories of just the uh, being involved in the FCA camp. I mean, you make yourself available every summer. Right. Make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, that God's gonna God's gonna mm-hmm. use that and bless that. That's good. So, last question. Um, most sports teams talk about you know wanting to be all in. Mm-hmm. What that means. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're a follower of Christ, He also calls us to be all in, mm-hmm. right, in our walks. So what does that look like for you, Tommy, like your daily walk? What does it look like for you to be all in and for Christ? Every every thought, every second, you know, every you know, every beat of my heart and an ounce, ounce of my body and my veins, you know, my blood ought to be moving towards the cross. Hmm. Um, and, and I know it's so simple for me to say, yet so difficult to do mm-hmm. every day. Right. Um, but like I said, and going back to talking about grace and mercy, I mean, it is, it, it's by God's grace I'm able to do that. And it's by God's mercy that He that He allows me to still be human and make mistakes and um, and, and and stumble every now and then because. I'm not perfect. Not not every every moment, every ounce, every you know, every fiber of my body is always straining towards the cross. Um, but I believe that that's what Christ intended for us. You know, is for us to be for us to be all in. I, I, I don't think you know He came into this world wanting us to to just be halfway in. And I, I feel like God makes it very clear in Revelation. You know, discussing about I wish you were either hot or cold mm-hmm. and not lukewarm and um, actually had that verse totally re-explained to me, you know, in that when, when we're outside on a hot day, we desire most a glass of cold water. And when we're outside on a cold day, we desire most a glass of hot chocolate. So in, in reviewing that verse, and um, Mikado Henson, who's the life, life and character coach at Texas A&M and a big, big, big-time FCA staff member, you know, was explaining to them this to me on the field at, at FCA sports camp, and walking me through the Greek in that hot or cold, and he even had it checked out by some by, by a Greek scholar that that hot or cold isn't necessarily your temperature at that time. It's it's actually beyond that. It's the mindset of you 
constantly refreshing other people. Mm. Um, and and the one thing that's always detestable, you know, in any circumstance is somebody who is just lukewarm. You know, someone who, because if you think about it, someone who on a hot day decides they just want to be a lukewarm glass of water, you know, and, and, and to me, that's not being all in. To me, on a hot day, is, you, know, you ought to be refreshing refreshing others like a cold glass of water would like when 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 times are getting tough and even for me as a coach sometimes when i when i'm seeing negativity or i'm seeing you know bad things happening um i believe that that god has called me to step in and and refresh others in that moment um likewise on on a cold day you know when 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 things seem like they're at their worst or things seem things things seem like they're um, they're at their hardest um, to be that hot glass of water that that gets things moving again, or when people seem to be stagnant, you know, to to be that to be that refreshment, um, you know, just because being lukewarm is not not is is not not just not a good option; it's never a good option. And so that's how I'd answer that question about being all. Well, in. that's good. I've never heard that. I know it's broken down it's like that I, and growing up in the church and, you know, but I'm sitting here as I write that down and go, well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Right. You know, that right. on a cold day, I want hot chocolate or hot coffee, a warm day, I want some cold water and they're both serve the same purpose. So yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. I love that. I actually interviewed him, Mikado, two weeks ago, haven't. At the time we're recording this, haven't released it yeah. yet, but um, well, I can't wait to listen to that one. Cause that sure one, uh, we could have gone for three hours, yes. four hours probably. Well, and Mikado, Mikado, uh, like Mikado, like Steve Stegall, Chauncey Franks, Corey Largent, Michael Santiago. A lot of these guys are FCA guys. Ben Johnson, um, you know, even guys that you know I've been around from our time at Watermark. Watermark Church, or or even now we're at the Door Church in Coppell, mm-hmm. uh, Louisville. You know, um, there there are a lot of guys that I could sit literally at their feet and just hear them walk me through Scripture. And, and Mikado is one of those guys. Um, so it doesn't surprise me to to hear you say that. You know what's funny is is I'm looking over just the conversation you and I've had in the notes. I you know. I say this often, but sometimes I feel like God's put me in this position with a podcast to teach me. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these, like this whole Revelation 3, the hot or cold, I'm sitting there going, okay, if this thing never gets released, it bless me and yeah. encourage me. And so um, I appreciate you. Um, I yeah. know it's been kind of a crazy um, time trying to get this scheduled, so thanks for doing it. I know you got a lot going on, well, but thank you. truly, truly appreciate you being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks a lot. You bet. Appreciate- Thank you again to Coach Pointer for taking time to share his story, share his heart. Most of all, share his passion for Jesus. And if you're married, the takeaway was that balance in life and your marriage only comes in Jesus. You can't have a winning record on the field with a losing record at home. It doesn't matter if you're a coach or if you're not in athletics or not. If you're married... The true success is at home. Can't be losing at home and winning it in your career. For every one of us, the biggest thing as I look at my notes, there's so many things to, to recap, but the biggest one, I thought the, the, 
the one question was, if you're getting squeezed, what comes oozing out? When life is squeezing you tight, when things aren't going your way, what is coming out of you? Is it reflecting Jesus? Is it pointing other people to Jesus? Is it turning to Jesus or not? What's coming oozing out of you? And to ask a couple more questions of yourself of who are you following? Are you following someone more mature in their faith? Someone that is pouring into you that you can pour into somebody else? Which leads me to who is following you? And that ultimately, as believers in Christ, just to be reminded of, to know who you are. Your identity is not in what you do. It's not in athletics. It's not in the business world. It's not um, in anything that you do. Your identity is found in Christ if you're a follower of Christ. And to know who you serve. You serve a God that is with you all the time, a God that loves you no matter what. And to know where you're going. If you're a follower of Christ, know where you're going. This is a temporary home. Temporary. Know where you're going. And the last thing was that being all in is every thought, every heartbeat of your life, every moment, should be moving closer and closer toward the cross. Closer and closer to Jesus every minute of every day. And the last thing we, we enjoyed talking about was um, in Scripture, Revelation 3, where Jesus is talking to the church, Laodicea, about being hot or cold, not being lukewarm. You're either hot or cold. And that the, the Greek meaning of that is constantly refreshing others. No matter what, because when it's really cold, the the analogy that that we talked about was hot chocolate can be refreshing. But when it's really, really hot, cold water is refreshing. So Jesus is saying you need to be constantly refreshing others. So I I ask you, as I'm doing in my own life, in my own heart, I'm asking the question, am I constantly refreshing others? I challenge you to do that in your own heart. I hope you've been encouraged. I know uh, sitting down and talking to Coach Pointer was really convicting to me, very encouraging to me, very challenging to me. I hope it's been the same for you. And I ask you if it has to share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life, a family member or a friend, that needs to be encouraged, that needs to hear this. Share it. Also, I ask you to... Interact with us via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look us up, All In Sports Outreach. We love to hear from you. Or our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. And at our website, you can find out why we do what we do, who we are, opportunities to pray, serve, and give. The last thing I want to say, and thanks for hanging on. I know this was a longer-than-usual conclusion, but there was just so much I wanted to to, to recap, and you only heard a portion of it. So thank you for, for hanging in there. But the last thing I want to say is just truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your constant support, your encouragement, and your prayers. It means so much. I love the messages that we receive, the conversations we have of support, knowing that there's many people out there praying for us. Thank you.